You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with Scott Dunstan, who is the president of the Dunstan Group. And we're here with Gordon Hippie, who is the president and CEO of Smart Financials Accounting. Now, Gordon is, you know, a business owner, but he is also my uncle. So I cannot wait to talk to Gordon, really not necessarily learn more about his journey, but be able to share that with you guys, share with you some of the challenges that he's gone through, but ultimately where it's led him to be uh, and his successful company that he has right now. And I think you're going to be very interested to hear about it. Now, let's talk a little bit about this. When most people or partners start a business, they usually have an incredible idea, a product, a service. They're bringing that to the marketplace. What they generally don't have is all of the info or experience to manage that business or really manage the owning and starting of that business. And if you're a business owner, you know exactly what we mean. Now, I'm talking the accounting, the bookkeeping, taxes, you know, things that tasks that maybe most business owners don't really want to tackle, or maybe they don't love to tackle, especially as you're continuing to build your business. And this is precisely how businesses that do focus on those services provide solutions to companies of all sizes. That's where smart financials comes into play. Gordon is that kind of guy you want on your team, specifically when you're talking about accounting taxes, let's just name it. It's money. We're talking about money. All right. And this is a guy that can help you streamline that process. I'm so proud of what he's been able to do with his business, how he's been able to overcome a lot of the challenges in his life to get to the point where he is today. And, uh, I, you know, as, as a family member, as my uncle, I'm so excited to learn more and share this story on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. So welcome, Uncle Gordon Hippie. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Scott. Yes, sir. It's, a, it's certainly a pleasure to be here. I, I appreciate the full disclosure of being your uncle. Now I get to share all kinds of good stories about you as well. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> my, my stories Great. are already out there. We've been doing this podcast for years. Great uh, to finally meet you, man. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Yes, sir. And let's, so let's start. Uh, tell us a little bit about your business and what all you do for other businesses. Well, as Brian mentioned, you know, a lot of people, when they start a business, it's around a product that <clears throat> something that they have created that um, they try to find something that makes them unique. So when I sm when I started Smart Financials, I tried to um, start in a way that was different than your run of the mill accounting firms. Um, I kind of got kicked out of the nest and into my business <clears throat> when I started out uh, the firm that I worked for. Uh, I ran the franchise accounting group for that firm. <clears throat> and after being there for a couple of years and growing that group of my firm, um, they called me into their office and they said, um, Gordon, we appreciate everything you've done for our group and for the firm, but unfortunately we're going to be selling your group to a competitor accounting firm. I wasn't a, an equity partner at the time, so I really didn't have any say-so in the matter. Yep. <clears throat> and so... Uh, that's when I started Smart Financials late in 2009, um, and I also had a non-compete with that firm. I couldn't take any clients with me. Um, they, you know, they were defending that as they were selling those clients to another firm as well. So I had to start from scratch, and <clears throat> that was, if you remember, 2009 was a economic downturn, um, which pretty much uh, I had some real estate holdings at the time kind of wiped me out. And so we were starting from not only scratch, we were kind of starting from negative as a, as a family And when I started my business. And so I, I really encourage, that's part of my story that I really encourage people to, um, that, that anything is possible. 
<clears throat> so decided to start Smart Financials, essentially doing the same thing, uh, outsourced accounting, focusing primarily on franchises and franchise-like concepts as our clients. <clears throat> um, what what really uh, makes us a little different is in that regard is our, the service that we provide is um, we call it outsourced accounting. So it's for people who um, want to have they don't want to have their own in-house accounting uh, function. Right. They want to hire that completely, outsource it. They don't want to worry about it. So if you think about you know companies like AD, uh, ADP for payroll, we're kind of like that for the rest of accounting. Just okay. leave it to smart financials to handle everything. And so we do accounts payable, accounts receivable, um, record sales and deposits, sales tax, um, monthly financial statements, um, all that very glamorous stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of... You know, a lot of business owners, you, you don't traditionally think of those as growth areas of your business. They're, they're kind of things, they're kind of necessary evils. But like the tagline on, on our business card is, we focus on your accounting so you can focus on growing your business. Mm-hmm. So we view it as a, as a indirect growth area for our clients. Well, time is money. I mean, we talk that's to Scott right. all the time is, is, you know, when you're doing something that's keeping you away from growing your business, you're, you need to outsource that. You need to hire somebody else to do that. If somebody and you're a franchisee right now, or, or you own franchises and you guys are doing this all in house, you're not focusing your time on growing that business. When this could be an easy call to Gordon and smart financials, they could take that burden off. Now that's already taken care of. They're going to, they're, they're, they're a plus in that category. You can focus moving forward. So I love how you've done that. Now I'm going to name drop a few, and this is not just small franchises. Okay. They, Gordon is working with IHOP, Panera Bread, Papa John's. I mean, everybody loves Papa John's. <laughs> so tell us, you know, from 2009 to this day, to today, when you're working with some some big time companies, I think you have over 35 plus employees, if I'm correct, maybe even more than that. How did that journey go about? How did you land what I would call, we call them billboard accounts, right? These are accounts that everybody mm-hmm. would know about. If you're driving down the highway, it's probably a company that can advertise on that. And mm-hmm. now you're outsourcing or they're outsourcing all of their accounting functions to you and your business. Tell us, how did you, how did you get to that point? Well, it was a struggle. Um, at first, you know, I, I thought it would be easy because of the, the prior firm I was, I was with, we had similar names, you know, all across, you know, brands that people would recognize all across the country i thought i could go out and um you know to use the analogy hunt hunt whales with a harpoon very easily and i quickly learned i needed to kind of drop back and try to use a net to gather some smaller fish first um kind of learned that in some networking groups and some of those people you know I, i kind of built some you know i got a few clients and um and and i had a staff person that started working for me part time and my wife always um, you know, remarked that she said, it's amazing how, <clears throat> like when you're on the phone and you're talking to people about your company that you use the word we, isn't it just you? And I'm like, well, we do have this other part-time person, you know, so, <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the little things like that. Um, oh, yeah. you have to present yourself in a way that, um, you know, puts your best foot forward. And so I, I tried to do that and, but it was a struggle. Um, you know, we, for, it wasn't 2000, it wasn't until 2012 that things really started happening. <clears throat> and I, I, I call it, you know, planting seeds. All the seeds that I had sown for those since 2009 started to trickle in. Um, you know, somebody I had lunch with 
two years prior, um, calls me up and says, are, are you still doing that accounting thing? And I said, yeah. And <clears throat> he said, well, can you come and talk to our partners about um, that we're using another firm and we're talking about bringing it in the house and can you kind of consult with them on, on what that takes? And as I'm consulting with them, they, they just said, well, why don't you do it? You know, and, <laughs> and today they're our, our, one of our biggest clients. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and, and that same year, another client from my prior firm called me up um, and then we got um, um, actually two, another client from our, my prior firm referred me to one of, one of his guys. Um, and we've got a, I mean, it's really funny the business that we're in with, with franchises. We've got clients all over the country. Some of our biggest clients I've never met. Sure. And I couldn't even pick them out of a lineup. I mean, they're not on social media or anything. So it's just like until we got, we, the IRS required a couple of years ago, they required you to um, get ID, someone, a copy of someone's ID to put into their tax return. Until we did that, I didn't even know what he looked like. Wow. So it's, it's really interesting. It's been a <laughs> that fun is ride. interesting. That's wild. <clears throat> um, and to your point, I mean, you know, it, it was funny when we started Dunstan Group. Uh, I say we too, because y- you want, you don't want to just be I, I, I for, for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. but, but especially in the beginning, like folks want to know that they're working with a reputable established right. company. And, yep. and if it's just one person, they might not come with you for that reason. Right. Right. Um, and, us naming the company Dunstan Group, uh, folks will be like, but there's no group. I said, <laughs> but there will be. <laughs> you get to grow into it. That's you right. know what I mean? That's right. And so here we are. But uh, it's funny you mentioned that because very similar. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, and we started in 2008 as well. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Or a year prior, but same same era of yeah. cluster. You know, what. Yes. Uh, you know there's only, when you start a business in 2008 or 2009, there's only oh, one yeah. way up. Right? Right. There's only one direction that you can go. So you, you might as well. Up. That's right. Um, so, Gordon, I want to jump back into into kind of your life and, and how you got to this point. Uh, you know, I've been blessed to to be around you my whole life. You know, since I was a little kid when you were wrestling with me and my twin brother, um, when you just demolished us on the basketball court for years, probably made me as more competitive <laughs> through those uh, experiences through Thanksgiving than than anything else. But um, but you and 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 your wife, which is my aunt, uh, Aunt Jill, uh, you guys met in high school or met, probably met earlier than that actually. But you guys were high school sweethearts. You went on to play college basketball. Then you guys get married. Um, you have your first, you know, daughter, and then you were, you know, blessed to to have twins, um, or, or expect to have twins, and you know, some things happened throughout that pregnancy that were tough for not only you but I think our entire family. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Um, unfortunately, we lost one of those twins, Kennedy, yeah. and that was, gosh, I I don't know the exact date, but I was I was a, I was still a young. A young kid at that point, or at least I was young. I, I was old enough to know what was going on. Two thousand three. Yeah, so a young kid. I was about to graduate high school. Wow, <laughs> still a young kid. Um, but tell us about about that, and then just kind of you know how you guys have always been two of the most positive people in our family in anything, right? And I feel like there's been a lot of challenges that have been thrown your way. A lot of things that people might just give up. You know, they might yeah. turn to you know, alcohol or drugs or, or, or abuse and just kind of think the world's against them. You guys had a complete opposite effect of that. And you use that as, as motivation to be better parents, better people in your community, raise money. And I just want to learn how that, not challenge you, but kind of how, how that experience was and, and how that's made you who you are. Thanks. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so our, we have three girls now today. Um, 
uh, Kirsten is our oldest. She's uh, 27 or about to turn 27, lives in New York. We have a 16, 18-year-old. Uh, my 18-year-old, my middle child, when uh, when she was born, um, she and her her twin Kennedy, they were um, they were at 23 weeks and one day of gestation. Wow! So it's you know barely half a pregnancy, and at that time they were telling us that <clears throat> you know as they're trying to hold Jill was going into early labor and they, as they were trying to hold off her her um, contractions and and prevent that from happening um they you know the neonatologist gave us his assessment he said you know we would love to get them to 24 weeks you know which was six days away and he said there's no magic to the to that number but on average that if they can get that far their chances would be maybe 50 percent and he said if i can tell you if, if they're born today their chances are zero wow man man and he used, you know, he he made the motion with his fingers to show zero, mm-hmm. and um, he said, and even if they're in the one in a million chance they survive, they're certain to have sur- significant multiple long-term disabilities, and um, so you know we, um, you know we we just felt like, you know. God made these children for a purpose, and um, our job as parents is, you know, to, you know, to never give up. Yeah. And so, you know, they were born that night, and um, he said, you know, I'll take them just as far as they'll show me they want to go. Um, Kendall came out first; she was crying, you know. Yeah. Um, so that was a good sign. And uh, they, you know, they put her on a ventilator. They didn't have to, res- the, one of the things was they have to resusc- resuscitate <clears throat> um, to put them on a ventilator, which they had to do on with Kennedy. <clears throat> and um, so during that time, we just, <clears throat> this was before the days of Facebook and social media. Mm-hmm. We went to a pretty large church, the same church Brian's brother goes to now. And um, we had a wonderful a friend at our church that kind of put together an email chain for us and it grew and people would go and we were just giving updates on how they were doing <clears throat> prayer requests specific things that people could pray about and um uh that prayer chain went there were thousands of people on it mm. and it went as far as china and australia um we were getting messages back from people all over the place and um so we lost kennedy um and then she only lived uh five days and they were when they were born they were a pound and a half each oh my gosh uh or not even a pound and a half and just over a pound and tiny and like my ring my wedding ring could fit around their leg Mm -hmm. at like uh, like it would fit around a pencil and um, they had less than an ounce of blood in their entire bodies. Um, some of those things are just unimaginable. And um, during that week that we lost Kennedy, Kendall started having all kinds of issues and um, just miraculous things. Miraculous things just happened. 
And um, to this day, she does not have a single disability. Wow. That's incredible, man. And how old is she right now? That's incredible. 18. She's 18 years old. Yeah. She's about to graduate high school. That's yep. crazy. Yeah. I mean, the whole story, and and thank you so much for sharing it, because if you if you ever got the, the chance to meet uh, Kendall, I've always said this, she's the happiest person I've ever met. I've never seen her cry um, as my one-year-old cries like 24-7, and I'm like, toughen up, buttercup, let's go. You had, you had an easy road here. Damn Come on, fighter. we got people in our family yeah. that went through a lot more than that. You know, but as a twin as well, um, you know, it, it, I couldn't imagine not, you know, having my brother around, right? And I know that's yeah. something that Kendall um, misses, but at the same time, you guys have done such a great job. Um, well, you gave her another sister, which I, yeah. they're pretty much like twins, right? Like, right. And, but you guys have, have, you were so positive throughout all of that. You've helped other families. And that was just kind of the beginning of the journey. Like you said, like you, you kind of lost yeah. everything and you had to restart. And yeah. now that you have this business, you, you've been successful with this. You've really created a path for your children to be successful. Um, I mean, it's it's truly remarkable. And I think this podcast is really about people like that. You know, when you bring on business leaders, nonprofit leaders, all of them have same thing in common, that they've all been through challenges. They failed more than they've been successful. Some have had, you know, harder situations than others, but you're a prime example of that. And and I really do appreciate you, you sharing that with me. Now, let's kind of fast forward into that, um, into where we are today. You now, you, you, I believe you purchased a company out of, um, of Baltimore. Baltimore. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And tell us about like, when did you sit there and be like, damn, this is working. <laughs> and then you're like, when, when, I'm pretty good when, at this. Like, when it became we. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and now you look back on it and, and I know our whole family are so proud of you and, and it sit there and it's kind of like, you know, a good attitude, hard work ethic, treating people the right way. You know, eventually you're going to get that opportunity and you have and you have flourished in that. Tell us, what is it like now? I mean, I, I, I know you in person. Like, you're probably like, I'm just getting started. But you know, the reality <laughs> of it is you've done really well. So I want to I want to hear about, you know, kind of that kind of journey when you said, hey, like we might really have something here. And now how you've scaled that business and, and some advice that you give other business owners on how to do that. Well, thanks, Brian. I appreciate the warm sentiments as well. Sure. Um, and just to kind of back up I don't think I answered your fully answered your question before but like something that I learned through that experience I mean for one losing a child you can never replace that that hole in your heart um, but a couple of things that that I took out of that experience one thing that kind of makes it unique for us is at the same time that we lost a child we experienced a miracle in another one surviving mm -hmm. and um, so a, on a couple things that that I have experienced through that one in losing a child I haven't had a bad day since mm -hmm. makes you makes you appreciate what you have and count the blessings that, yeah. that you understand I mean nothing compares to that so right. every day no matter how bad it is it's not yeah. a bad day you right know? Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that I learned through Ken that Kendall taught me is that there's nothing God can't do mm -hmm. yeah 100% uh, um, so like we we were at a church service and we had a, a uh, the guy the our uh, the leader was talking about you know prayer and you know he, he said you pray for unrealistic things to happen blah blah and I'm like no dude the, you pray for the unrealistic things that's what prayer is and mm -hmm. um, the, the Bible says you, you can move mountains and 
we moved a mountain with with Kendall, and so um, those are two things that I learned through that. So um, before you get there, isn't she still the youngest born at Kentucky, or, or, or maybe that they've survived. had that survived? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know about today, but okay. I mean, like fairly recently, within yeah. the last few years, you know, we always went back um, to different events. March of Dimes was one, and like they had a UK neonatal reunion one year. We ask them, you know, you know, what's the youngest that's survived now? And they're like, dude, you're, she's still the youngest that's, that survived as far as gestation. Wow. So, I mean, that's incredible for that to happen in 2003. And you look yeah. at, at the advances in technology. I mean, you just mentioned, and I'm, this is not correlate, but like social media wasn't around. Like now social media runs our world. Right. Like yeah. there weren't drones Nothing. flying around. Right. <laughs> there weren't yeah. cars driving themselves, right? Like right. if you put all that into perspective, medicine and technology have also continued to No advance. smartphones. Yeah. All. I mean, yeah, that's, right. that's wild. Couldn't even send a text um, in 2003. <laughs> no. And you know, and I'll mention this too. And we've, and we've had this conversation on our podcast. You know, your attitude is very similar to Scott's attitude. Scott lost his mother when he was 10 years old. And every year um, that Scott has his birthday and really any day, I don't think Scott Dunson has a bad day because he, 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 <laughs> to your point. he thinks, mm-hmm. he thinks about that and it's, and it makes, it makes the bad day better because you realize like, you know what, like you're alive, you have opportunity. God's blessed you with today. Make the mm-hmm. best of it. Like yeah. there's too many people and pardon my French, just bitching about what they don't have instead of being blessed for what they do have and yeah. blessed for the opportunity to do whatever you want to do, especially if you're in the United States of America. Exactly. And that's all I'll say about that. But um, but I love it. So so let's jump in back into the business with mm-hmm. Smart Financials. Who was like that big account that you got where you're like, oh, oh damn. Like, <laughs> And now, I mean, because if you go to their yeah. list, smartfinancials.net, You'll see a lot of people that you know on here. Firehouse Subs, Panera Bread, Jets Pizza, IHOP that we mentioned, Five Guys, like Papa yeah. John. I mean, these are big-ass <laughs> brands. These, these brands have Super Bowl commercials. How do they finance or account for that? Yeah, right. <laughs> do you tell them, all right, don't do the Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've, we've been really blessed. Um you know, these are these are franchisees of the of those brands. So right, they, right, they could right. they could they could range any any number of you know locations. Um, we uh, that year in 2012, the the one that called me up that was uh, Bluegrass Hospitality Group. Changed everything. <laughs> yeah, they were big for us, and then uh, the Papa John's franchise franchisee called me up you know that same year we got a max and irma's franchise and they they weren't huge um but you know 14 15 locations Mm -hmm. um we started doing the drake's um restaurants for bhg and at the time they had they just had three locations and now they're they're at 17 18 going on very quickly going to 20 25 and we've we've just started doing them their malone's concept as well and bringing them on board um so and we love working with them. They're just great people. Um, <clears throat> and then 2016 is when I bought the a firm in Baltimore that was exactly like us. 90% of what they did was outsourced accounting, um, focused on franchise clients. And that's when they, you know, they they have a significant presence with a lot of long-standing, very successful IHOP and Panera Bread operators. Some of the largest Panera operators, 50, 60 units. Mm-hmm. Um, that 
that purchase of that firm just kind of landed in my lap. Um, I'd never even been to Baltimore before I bought the firm. <laughs> now I now I just crave crab cakes every time <laughs> yeah. I get on the get on the plane to go down there. And um, but so that was I had a vendor relationship with that firm prior to that. When I started my own firm, the software that we use for all of our multi-unit franchises. Um, it's very expensive to just put one client on it, and I used it at my prior firm, so I wanted to use it, you know, with, with my firm. And um, so I just looked up all the partner providers um, on their we- on the on that software's website and, and called up a few of them to price out, hey, could I just put a client on your console and you bill me for it? And that was the firm. So I for four years, we, we, I just bought software from them, you know, that they resold. And... Um, 2016 he called me up and said hey i'm we're just it's two partners at that firm he said we're we're looking at selling the firm and i just want to let you know we're talking to somebody else about it and just wanted to let you know that nothing will change as far as our relationship and um then he called me back about a week later he says "Ah, that's not really going to work out um they want to ship all the jobs to argentina would you be interested in buying us (laughs) and and i said you know I would. I said I only have two problems. Um, I don't have any money, and I don't want to borrow any money. But if we can work around those limitations, I'm your guy. <laughs> and, and sure enough, we did. I got on the AICPA website, and they had a whole toolkit for purchasing another firm. And they have a you know a a, a method is essentially seller financing. Mm-hmm. It's it's an earnout that you know, and that's the way we structured it. And um, it's been it's been great. The, the the best thing about that purchase is the other partner, one partner was um, going to join a client and start working um, in private industry. And, and the other partner, he, he convinced me he wanted to stay on and just run the office and work for me on salary because he loved the clients and he loves the staff and he loves the work and he works hard. And, um, and I'm like, why wouldn't I want you to do this? <laughs> right. And um, so that's worked really well. And so he, he um, I don't really touch the client work or the, the staff. I mean, I kind of help with with staffing issues, but I work on uh, payroll and marketing and um, help solve problems and that kind of thing. But it's, it's worked out really well. I, I would say probably once, to answer your question in a long way, um, that was when, you know, things really started clicking that, um, I learned that, you know, I can, I can have somebody else be at that high of a level, and that would help me to focus on other um, aspects of the business. I'm trying to kind of get there with our Cincinnati office, and um, we we hired a great tax, tax director who's he's been phenomenal, and the clients love him. He's he's we're we're doing a lot of uh, these ERTC credits for clients now that he's he's managing that whole process, and um, so that's just stuff like that, you know, that frees me up. Just like we are freeing up our clients by taking over the accounting stuff, I'm I'm looking to free myself up by elevating all of our people. I keep telling people I want to replace myself. You know, I just want I want somebody to do everything that I'm doing right now. I want somebody else to do that tomorrow. Right. And free me up to eat crab cakes and play golf. No. Um, <laughs> but no, kind of free me up to to work on, you know, higher level growth um, vision and so forth. Yeah, we're we're experiencing a little bit of that here, um, be it on a smaller scale. But you know, you just you, you just get in the weeds, and, oh, yeah. and, and so you That's have to be word. extremely intentional about getting out of them, right? Like yep. you like you said, hire your weaknesses, make sure you have a great team. There are things that 
in order for us to continue to grow that I need to be working on that when I'm in front of email all day, yeah. just it's not going to happen. Yeah. So until we until we get to that level, <laughs> you know, we're we're holding holding ourselves back. So we're we're working on that. We've, we've got a we've got a new person starting next week. That's and, right. Good for and, you. And um and we'll see how that goes. We're trying a new avenue. So, um, the joys and uh, challenges of small business. Uh, you know, it just. It's crazy, but well, but we, we say it all the time. Congrats on getting in that yeah. position. Thank you. <laughs> yes, well, sir. And I, and I, I say this to Scott a it lot. Is. It's like, how much are you worth an hour? And when you're working during your day, and I say this to any business owner, if you're doing something that you wouldn't pay somebody else that exact amount per hour, then you need to get that off your plate, yeah. right? Because in reality, right. your time is way worth more or worth more than what you're currently doing. Yeah. And for you and your business, it's having those higher level conversations. It's looking at where are we going to be two, three, four, five years down the road, hire the right people, elevate their their you know relationships or their roles, mm-hmm. and then that'll enable you to take that company even farther than you probably sure. ever had dreamed in 2009 when you had this vision. and. And Jill sitting here, my aunt, I can just imagine her right now in their beautiful little house saying, why do you keep saying we? <laughs> it's only me It's only me and you in the room. Hey man, if you don't believe it, yeah. who the hell else is going to believe How it? How many more calls are you going to make? You going to get the kids or, or, or am I going to get the kids? What's going on? I was working out of the basement. So, at the yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it's awesome. I mean, now I, I will tell you this. This is kind of a, a personal question, but you... Um, you purchased a new beautiful house. You live in Cincinnati now, and you got some land, and you guys have horses now. We do. <laughs> I mean, a guy that grew up in Kentucky, the horse capital of the world, you're now a horse owner. Did you ever think you'd own horses, and what's that like? Not <laughs> not at all. <laughs> we were, um, you know, we, we had a year, I guess it was January, up until January of last year, we, we had like a 1,300-square-foot house in, in uh, Milford. And we were just kind of busting out at the seams and looking for something a little bigger. And everything that was was a little bigger was um, a lot more money than the little bigger part. <laughs> and it's just like I kept telling Joe, I'm like, if if we're gonna spend this much money, let's just let's just do it. You know, let's just buy a, a house that is. You know, we'll make a. I call it making a statement. You know, <laughs> it's a little ego there, but um, anyway. So we were looking at some houses that were you know a little out of our league to say the least and um so from my from my experience of purchasing the firm i'm like well we can just sell or finance this and just write our own terms and you know (laughs) and i was making these wild offers and and as we were looking at another house they showed us a brochure for the one we we're at now and and we we finally came back around to it and it was like well there's a small horse farm <laughs> i'm like why not <laughs> i love horses <laughs> they're yeah, the horses, yeah. <laughs> um, so at the time the the owner had um they had a, their own horse and they boarded one horse and so now they both board those we board those two horses and then then we last summer we bought a couple of our own and um, then we have another horse that that we board as well. So we've got a total of five, and we knew nothing about horses when we bought this farm. It's one way to learn about it's them. A, <laughs> yeah, we, we learn really fast. So yeah. I call that failing forward. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Make but, sure they have food first, right? Yeah, you do. The, also, the funny thing about <laughs> that story is the the people they bought that house from bought the house that they're currently or they were living in. Right. You guys like right, swapped we houses. We did. Should have been a TV show. 
It's like they're looking to downsize. We're looking upsize. Let's just swing it right here. We're just gonna actually let's just not do anything. We'll just switch houses. You know? I'm here and you're a Wheeler dealer. Yeah, man. yeah, I like it. Um, I like it. That's awesome. So, so tell me, you know, the future, you know, of the business. Um, I want to hear about that. And then I also want to ask you, you know, we work with a lot of franchisees, franchisors, whatever you want to call them specifically, whether you're talking to the top or talking to one individually that might be a part of a franchise. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I want to know what your your thoughts are in the future, where you want the business to be. And then ultimately, for business owners that are listening to this podcast, how can they get in touch with you? What is your ideal client? And if there's Mm -hmm. somebody that listens to this that's going damn, I need to hire Gordon because I hate doing accounting or mm-hmm. the team that they already do outsource it isn't really taking care of them. Right. And you're somebody that can help them out. What's the best way for that to happen? Well, I'll start with um, our our ideal client is a client that really appreciates what we do. Um, and we likewise appreciate um, them. <laughs> we, we've had some that didn't and it wasn't a good fit. And so um, that's something that I've, I've learned in my my business and my personal life is is I um, it's it's just gratitude and appreciation. Um, and I, I just feel like that those are if I would say a key to success, it's those those two things. Um, and just this morning I, I got an email from a client, hey, tell tell your whole team we really appreciate yeah. really appreciate everything they do and 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 the way they like really stepped up this period on their closing up their books. I mean, just the little things like that. And um, so, like I said, we, we focus on multi-unit franchises. Those are our ideal clients. Um, um, we, you know, the more locations they have, the, the, the better. When I was first starting out, I was cold calling um, uh, clients or potential clients out of a, a, a book, um, an attendee book that I got from the restaurant finance and development conference. <laughs> I had no clients, but I had plenty of time. So I'm going to pick up the phone. <laughs> so, Hey, how are you doing? This is Gordon Hippie. Nice to meet you. Have you, have you ever thought about outsourcing your accounting function? And so, um, I had one guy, I asked that question and he said, Oh, we're, we're much too big for to outsource our accounting. Um, you know, we're, we have our own controller, we have our own department, blah, blah, blah. And I said, it's eh, great. If you ever change my mind, change your mind or you want to get pricing, give me a call. And he's, um, and and after I got a phone, or before I got a phone, I said, before, I said, can I just ask you how many locations you guys have? And he said, well, we've got 12 restaurants now. I said, that's great. Um, Yeah, just keep this in mind. And then, so the very next call, I, 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 you know, I went through my same spiel and he says, yeah, we actually outsource our accounting now. And I was like, great. And you're happy? Yeah, we're really happy. We, we wouldn't change a thing. We love it. Love the relationship. And I said, um asked him who he's using and I said if you don't mind me asking how, how many locations do you guys have and he said 300 300 but the guy that had 12 he yeah. was way too big way <laughs> too big huge. you know I'm huge <laughs> so I have 12 <laughs> so um, as far as the client needing us and, and who, from that perspective who's ideal it's a matter of what their focus is like if they really don't want to focus on doing that stuff if they would rather focus on growth aspects of their business and just leave all of that to us that's our ideal client we i'll just ask you guys have you ever done a bank reconciliation oh yeah how many bank reconciliations have you would you say you've done in your life mm. you ballparked it man i don't know, don't know. I don't know. No idea. not many not many yeah not a ton so I, mean, I went to one of our clients conferences and i was at a round table and 
and I, they were they were asking, you know, is it worth using you guys? You know, what, what's the benefit? And I said, I said, let me let me just give you a, talk about one of my staff who does all the bank reconciliations every month for I want to say twenty of your franchise, um, you know, fellow franchisees, twenty of their businesses. And I had tallied, and you know, I did an estimation based on how many, how long we had been doing it, just for this one client, or for those twenty clients, over however many years we had been doing it. And I came up with a number it was like five thousand something bank reconciliations wow. that she had done. I said, now, do you really think it's worth it for you to keep doing it, or would you right. rather have her do it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. I can't stand that. Well, yeah. Also, think about how much it's, it's you're the, paying a controller, you're paying yeah. your entire accounting team, yeah. like. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, look. If you got, if you, if you're doing it right, that's cool. But I want to call my uncle. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, what sure. is the best way for them to get in touch with you and your team? Um, smartfinancials.net is our website, um, and you know they can they can message us there. They could uh, my email address, uh, personal email address, ghippy at smartfinancials.net. Uh, the hippie is with without an I at the end, so it's just H I P P E. Um, call our phone number um, 513-444-2115. Love it. Um, yeah. And I'll let everybody know. My aunt Jill used to be Jill Young, and yeah. she was so excited that me and my twin brother had all these boys, so the young name could continue. Hippie's go. pretty cool, but let's be honest. Hippie's <laughs> awesome. Love I know, hippie now is. my wife. <laughs> My wife is a young hippie. That's right. Yes, <laughs> that is exactly right. That's fantastic. And she fits that category to the T. <laughs> she does. Um, With a horse farm. Yeah. <laughs> so, are, are any of the kids going to get in the business? Uh, that's probably a definite no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so. so that's funny because my dad just retired after 41 years with this company. And I remember the conversation when I was 16 years old that my mom said, you will never be in insurance. Right? <laughs> and so me and Kevin had to fly on our own. And I don't know how many people were trying to offer us jobs at this retirement right, party. Exactly. But the CEO of my dad's company, my dad groomed and, and really kind of made who he is in this role. He was like, why didn't you ever hire your uh, your sons? Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, that sale, sh- that, that sale shipped when I was 16 years old. Yeah. We, are, we are on. So... Well, this has been awesome. Um, Gordon, you are you are the man. Uh, you are, like I said, one of the most positive people that I know. I, I always love being around you. I loved growing up around you. I love the way that you interact with all of our kids. Uh, I don't know how you still look like you're 32 years old, but <laughs> you know what? That, especially it is, after it is, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, it just must must be that hippie, that hippie blood. Yeah, buddy. Um, but this has been awesome. And, and for people listening, like check out Smart Financials. You can reach out to me, reach out to Scott. Uh, we'll get you in contact with Gordon. I know we work with a lot of people in this world. Uh, but even if you just want to have a conversation to see if it's right for you, uh, I definitely will um, would love to connect with you with yeah connect you with Gordon. And uh, again, thank you so much for opening up, sharing your story, the challenges, you know, things that went through your life, losing a child, and how you've really you know stayed true to your faith. Um, believed in that, challenged others to believe in their faith and understand that anything is possible through God. And that is, um, is, is the best thing. So you, you live every day, like it's the best. And I don't know what else I can say, man. So I just appreciate you flying down from Cincinnati to be live in our brand butter studio for everybody that tells me they want to zoom and you don't want to come into my studio. We just got a guy to fly from Cincinnati. We're going big time, but Gordon, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate thank it. you, Gordon.
Until Thanks, next Scott. time, you have been listening to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.